Tears of the Kingdom has been an enigma when it comes to how it will feel atmospherically in the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay. We're used to Zelda titles having pretty specific vibes that they keep throughout pretty much all of their marketing cycle and usually the game itself too. Even Breath of the Wild was a great example of this. It had its own feel but it was consistent. Tranquility, wildlife, that was the tone of that game 90% of the time if you weren't being chased by a guardian. Games like Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and Skyward Sword have that epic feeling of, whoa, I'm gonna explore Hyrule or the Great Sea and I'm gonna save the kingdom. Whereas other titles like Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess are a bit more atmospheric in my opinion personally and introduce ambiance. They are the darker Zelda titles, whether you want to call them edgy, not as good, whatever. At the end of the day, they are the darker Zelda titles, and that's pretty much a fact. Ocarina of Time could be considered dark too, but that's just not the discussion right here. Tears of the Kingdom has been very vague in terms of its tone throughout its entire marketing cycle. The first trailer for the game showcased a much darker tone and was compared to Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess for that reason. Since then, that darker feel hasn't really shown up much in the trailers. As I've described in recent videos, I was sure that the game would have a darker tone because that's how they opened up the marketing. There's no way that they would go against that and there is still hints of it at the time. We just needed to know to what extent the darker vibe would hit. And I think we finally have our answer after the latest trailer for the game. So let's talk about why Tears of the Kingdom is likely going to land in that darker Zelda title camp. But before we do, make sure to subscribe as 5,000 subscribers is now within reach and I'll be making weekly videos, if not two a week sometimes, as new information comes out through trailers and Nintendo tweets. Thank you. One of the first things we hear in this trailer is a thunderstorm. That sets the stage very nicely for what's to come. The first 40 seconds or so of this trailer is very ambient. Whereas Breath of the Wild had sweeping shots of the landscape littered with wildlife, this trailer had a minute of sweeping shots of the landscape and enemies. The enemies themselves are something for another video, but the specific selection of enemies so far are pretty intentional in my opinion. There seems to be two different tones in this game. It isn't just going for downright dire at all times, and it also doesn't seem to be going for just lighthearted at all times. The Zelda team are taking a risk and aren't just hinting at one theme, which is a pretty bold strategy considering previous Zelda games hammering down pretty much one vibe very consistently, whilst either amplifying or toning it down during certain dungeons. While I think the game will be lighthearted in some areas, specifically the sky, I think pretty much the rest of the game is going to have that darker feel that we were left with at the end of the first trailer for the game, and this trailer cemented that into my head to a great extent. To perfectly coincide with that, the enemy camps and the enemies so far also look so much scarier. As odd as this sounds, even just adding a longer horn to the top of a bacoblin makes them slightly scarier than these little dudes with tiny horns who interact with the player. Even something like a more rotund bacoblin can be seen as scary when backed with proper music. It's quite odd when we think back to how lovable the bacoblins are, despite them being enemies in Breath of the Wild. More importantly, in the enemy department though, Redead seem to be making a grand return, and while in essence, they don't seem quite as scary as past Redeads just yet, I'm still very much on board with this design. Making them slightly less humanoid whilst also keeping features like the ribcage sticking out makes them feel unique and fits this art style if they want to make them less lighthearted than the Bokoblins. On the opposite side of this, we have this giant energy controlled, presumably climbing based enemy who doesn't seem quite as 
quote-unquote scary than the enemies earlier on the trailer, purely based on how they look anyway. Though realistically, it will be a much more menacing foe to actually go toe-to-toe -to -toe with. The entire first minute of the trailer plays into that darker theme, even giving us a better look at Death Mountain inflicted by Malice. It even looks like the mountain itself has been drained of all fire and it's been replaced by the Malice. Something that definitely could be true, but we aren't sure because of how far away we are. After thinking up brand new video ideas and stuff, I can say with a good amount of certainty that, to me, the shot of the enemies mining next to a load of crazily different landscapes is one of the, if not the, biggest thing to come out of this trailer barring the vehicles. The enemies themselves seem to be inflicted by malice, maybe this only happens during a blood moon, and this is just in here for effect. But much more likely is that this area is at least a little tougher and these enemies are going to be harder to defeat than the standard red variants of most enemies. They might have even changed from a standard enemy into one of these monsters down to them, walking through one of the patches of malice that seem to be scattered all over the floor. Another key difference when compared to pretty much anywhere else in the overworld. At this point, it feels confirmed that this is a cave. As I mentioned in my last video, there are theories that this could be a dark world, or this could be a sky island way, way up at the top of the map. But the audio sells this to me that this is a cave, along with the stalactite hanging up on the left side of the screen. Even if they do end up being in some kind of dark world, the echo wouldn't be that prominent in my opinion, so who knows. Caves themselves show that this game is going to be much darker in tone than Breath of the Wild, but I have a whole video on that already if you want an explanation on how caves could work in the next game. The vibe of this area is all crazy with presumably dust particles flying around. At first, I kind of thought this might be something to do with weather changes, but nope. These particles are not going straight down, they are darting around the area. One final thing of note here is that these small blue flames seem to resemble spirits, seen in Twilight Princess or through Souls and billions of other places. If the Zonai are in the game, grumble grumble to those who do not like the Zonai, but these could be the spirits of the Zonai or they might just be the spirits of the Hylians themselves, since there doesn't seem to be much of a sign of life throughout the trailer outside of enemies barring what looks to be a Hylian at the very end. If spirits are in the game in any capacity, this is yet another shot of the game being really, really dark. For a spirit to exist, something has to have died, or Link must be in another realm, I don't know. Which is odd, because we know a lot of people in Hyrule died during the Calamity, but their souls never showed up anywhere in the overworld next to ruins. Maybe this is actually even more evidence of a dark world, and I'm just being biased because of my love for caves. I'm not sure at this time, and it's something I need to keep looking into for sure. Finally, we move into the next shot, and a nice surprise. Gliok, an enemy from the first Legend of Zelda, seems to be flying around, and we get a look at Death Mountain and Hyrule Castle. Because of the nature of this shot, it feels dark in of itself. It's nighttime, and you can see the castle, with it being controlled by Ganondorf now. I promise this isn't a trailer analysis, we're gonna get through this, though it is starting to feel like it. But next, we move on to the shot of Hateno. There seems to be beams of light in the village, and the town also seems to sparkle. Maybe these are how spirits will look from far away, or it's something we don't know about just yet. If everyone is a spirit in Hateno village in this shot, then that increases how dark this game might be tenfold. Link seeing his village with, presumably, all of his friends gone would be sad, even if the dude wouldn't show emotion still. In the rest of the trailer, there isn't too much stuff that elicits a darker tone to talk about, but there is one last big thing that comes to mind. Rise, rise, my servants. Sweep over Hyrule. Eliminate this kingdom and her allies. 
Ganondorf in this game is going to go crazy. And this is the main reason that this video exists, if I'm honest. I want to do a full video on Ganondorf sometime in the next couple of months, so if you've listened to that and come over to this video, then I'm sorry, but in a video about how dark this game is going to be, I need to discuss both Ganondorf and Zelda. First of all, Ganondorf's voice. I know some of you hate it. I don't really mind it. I don't think it's great, but I also don't think it's awful. It does kind of feel like the generic anime villain voice, but I've played enough games with shocking voice acting that I'm also just glad it's a serviceable voice. More importantly though, this Ganondorf truly wants to rip Hyrule into shreds, and so far it's one of the coolest twists of the villain we've ever seen. Evolving him into a giant swirling pig head in Breath of the Wild was one thing, changing him aesthetically and showing him in a new light. I actually loved how menacing the Calamity felt because he had entered an enraged form. The thing is, something had to be controlling that. After a century long battle with Zelda and failing to beat a wounded hero, this Ganondorf is seething. Along with this, we're still getting hints that this incarnation of the villain could in fact be the same Demon King seen through Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess. If that's the case, then this incarnation of the character has been beaten out countless times now and is possibly... No, definitely the most enraged form of the Gerudo King that we've ever seen. Even if this isn't the exact same incarnation, since I know there are a lot of people that don't believe that, considering Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword are, in real life, the last 3D games that released before Breath of the Wild, it definitely could be a continuation of that character. But if we just say it isn't, we still haven't ever seen Ganondorf hit his breaking point like this. He no longer cares about just taking over the kingdom, but destroying it. You could make the case that in Ocarina of Time he destroyed Castletown, but that was likely a necessary evil to ensure that he could overturn the throne. In the same vein, the Calamity, or technically the Guardians, also destroyed Castletown, but that was likely where all of the Hylian soldiers slept. That was a tactical move once again. This isn't. Ganondorf is plotting or has done something much more sinister, leaving the people who live in Hyrule in rubble, which is the only reason why spirits make sense in this game too. I also think his power level overall is likely to be insane considering his malice seems to be breaking the Master Sword, even in these closing shots in the trailer. Now what's one final thing that tells me that a lot of this game, especially the story, is going to be dark? Zelda has actually lost faith. Zelda fought Pighead Ganon for a hundred years and never lost hope that Link would come and free her. This time she doesn't feel that. Presumably she is going to fall down that hole in the recent trailer, and it's going to, hopefully, bring a new dynamic to her character. What will that be? We're not sure yet, but Zelda has lost hope, telling Link that she's not sure if he'll be able to stop him. But Link, I am not sure you'll be able to stop him. What are some other indicators that this game could be darker in this trailer? Did I miss some details? Let me know in the comments and subscribe for more weekly content on the lead up to Tears of the Kingdom's release. Plus you'll join the 21% of people who are watching that are already subscribed. Plus like the video if you enjoyed it, it helps me a ton. Thank you to all of my amazing Patreon supporters and members with an extra special thank you to Sumji and Jared Whedon as usual. Thank you all for watching and I'll see you either next week or maybe a little bit before. Please do stay safe.